It's been a minute, folks, but here we are recording here uh, just down the road from Q2 Stadium, home (laughs) of one of the best teams in MLS. This is Soft City Soccer. I'm here, as always, with Robert's brother, Ben. Ben, what do we think about this team? Coming off of a goal fest, a heartbreaker lost uh, to uh, to, uh, the New York Red Bulls, our first loss to an Eastern Conference team. Do we think that the uh, goals generated that are so far ahead of goals expected, right, by all the advanced analytics, do we feel like we're just a pump, we're just a, a carriage waiting to turn back into a pumpkin, or can this thing actually make it all the way at the end of the race? Because right now, your Austin FC is on pace to host in the playoffs. Did it feel like the Red Bull kind of gave the roadmap for, you know, we're going to stick to our play it out of the back and, you know, this is our style of play. What do you think? I mean, we, we've when we've given up goals, it's been on easy counterattacks. It's, it's, it's been on, you know, uh, quick transition or, or, or even just long balls out of the back. Um, and we are so attacking forward, seemingly with supposedly uh, Cecilia leaving the team now. And they're going after uh, Rigoni, the, the, the guy who's another Argentine who's playing in Brazil right now, Brazilian. but played with Drew uh, on those uh, championship Zenit St. Petersburg teams. Zenit? Zenit? I don't know how to pronounce it. it. No one's talking to you, Robert. This is Soft City <laughs> Soccer, Austin <laughs> FC's biggest soccer podcast. <laughs> no, that was Ben, everybody. Ben records the shows. Ben Ben edits everything. Thank you, Benjamin. I'll edit that out. No, no that's, <laughs> the people have a right to know. Uh, I've had more than one person ask me, when are we going to record stuff about the offseason? So, Did you uh, tell them this day specifically? I told them it was coming. And now that we have, now that I've directly spoken to one third of the people who listen to this podcast, <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like it's time to talk about the NBA offseason. I'm Brendan K. O'Grady. I'm Robert Segovia. And uh, here we are in late July. You know, there's such a flurry of stuff that happens, and seemingly every basketball talk show wants to do five podcasts the first week of July, yeah. and then we get nothing. And I've never understood that because almost everything that we can talk about today is better informed or has not yet resolved from where things were when we kicked off off season. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that, I mean, you see this with the draft a lot. It's just like, they try to make a prediction immediately and it's fun to make predictions. Right. But it's like, you, so you sort of learn more and more about like what the team, you know, is going to be. I think it's like, and what what the reasons were? I think sometimes people try to predict the reasons, and you're gonna we're gonna know the reasons at some point. You know, it's like it's kind of fun to be like, oh, oh I wonder why they want to do this. You know? Yeah, but but unless you have uh, ESPN in front of your fucking podcast name, I don't need to hear everyone's instant reactions to uh, you know whatever happened on July second. I think what we get to do right now is yeah. kind of take a bird's eye view back from where we're at. Things have settled into an interesting unease with uh, with some of the big news that happened. We're going to be talking this hour about uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Before we get to those things and all of the other offseason transactions, we're going to catch up with where we left off. Our last show, we were talking about, hey, we're both pretty sure the Golden State Warriors have this in the bag. Congratulations to your 2020 champion. Yeah, they, have, they did have this in the bag. And they did win, and and I don't, and I went back and listened to our episode. I don't feel like there was anything crucial revealed in that, in that <laughs> remaining game when they clinched. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that series is going to go down to Game Four when Steph Curry just sort of said, "We're down two one, right? We're not losing this, right?" And, and he took over. Yeah, put him on their back, took him, and then they, and then of course the the the, the rubber the the hinge point game of, of Game Five. 
but they probably don't win game five if they didn't have to have that kind of boost from game four stuff. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I mean, Steph Curry is, I mean, I think, you know, you can talk about him right up there. Um, I don't know. I was, I was sort of, I did actually redo my little list. I mean, he's definitely in the top 20. It's like where you want to actually put him. But the Warriors, uh, if we just want to talk about them briefly, it's like they lost uh, Gary Payton Jr. Uh, they lost uh, Otto Porter, which we knew they were going to lose, mm-hmm. and they decided to, to re-sign Looney. Uh, their kids looked great in Summer League. I mean, all three of them looked – I mean, Wiseman even looked great. Kaminga looked great. Moses Moody looked great. So, I don't know. I mean – it is a. It's going to be, and maybe we won't do it that soon. We'll do it closer to the season. It's going to be, you know, a lot of these teams under maybe the Warriors and and the box, and depending on what the Celtics do, are going to be like, well, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know. But it, it does feel like the Warriors are kind of in that class of maybe three or four teams where we feel pretty comfortable saying, hey, maybe they won't win the title but they're going to be right there and probably somebody's going to have to beat them to win the title. Um, so congratulations to them. I mean, it's hard to go back. I, I will say the other, the other little thing I'll say about the Warriors is when you have an ACL injury, the second year, you're always better. So Clay Thompson should be better. That's the thing that we that's the thing to wonder about because uh, Draymond is not, you know, uh, 2018 Draymond's not coming back. He's not yeah, walking to that no. door. Uh, they don't need him to be, and they'll be able to pay him, um, even even with his his play receding, uh, almost just for what he represent, represents in the culture, for how he's able to help organize a defense, and you got to think of how invaluable he is. With like seemingly every young player or new player that comes in raises their defensive IQ by like five or six points, and it's you know seemingly mostly him doing that, um, or or maybe it's just having defenses that can rely on him covering every single mistake uh, you know, in real time the way that he does seemingly. Uh, so. This is a team where uh, I'll once again just kind of pat myself on the back for having them uh, picked in the finals in the first place. I don't know if a lot of people did, but at least since we've been doing this show in October, I've been saying I have the I have the Warriors in the finals. I think that they are a team where when we talk about the West this this next year, man, if everybody's healthy, what a fucking bloodbath. We are back to the West being mm-hmm. so much better than the East. Um, but that being said, this Warriors team. You can only assume they're going to be healthier than they were this year, right? Yeah. Because Clay's coming back better. And that makes them, if nothing else, one of the teams with the highest floors in the NBA, right? So let's see what happens. Is another is another back-to-back. Would this be their, their first opportunity to defend a title without having Kevin Durant on the team? Um, let's see what happens. You know, the Spurs were never able to do it. Uh, you know, like, what does that make us think about what this dynasty is in the future? They did have a chance, and they lost. They got that's the seventy two. Oh, for, for, forgive me. A yeah. chance to do it is what I meant. Yeah, to, to actually achieve do, to achieve yeah. it. Yeah. Because we we talk about these dynasty teams, right? When I think of dynasties, I don't think of the Spurs. I respect the Spurs enormously, <laughs> and they are an incredibly great team. Well, they're one of the best teams in their era for sure. But to me, a dynasty kind of implies like I don't know. You're winning maybe one back to back at some point. I, I mean, honestly, these dynasty conversations, it's I, very inane. I don't, I mean, I it. like Bill Simmons did a whole fucking thing about this. And I do think that Celtics and Lakers fans should maybe just not be able to talk about this at all because That's it's fine. like, because yeah. it's like, if again, it's like with the rivalry conversation, okay, nobody gets dynasties, but the Celtics and the Lakers. Great. <laughs> when I think dynasty, but, but my brain goes to is the nineties bulls. Yeah. I mean, I, I recent, to like, me, to me, dynasty. if like, if you have, the same core players, and I think Golden State does, 
you know, you take out Kevin, they should be worse. So, and you know, three we can argue about, but if you've won four titles, you're a dynasty to me. Because oh, that four titles in how long? It doesn't matter to me. Really? If, if the players the still Miami playing, Heat are a dynasty if they win another title. None of those guys are playing. Dwayne Wade and and LeBron James are not on the team. So if Curry's still on the team, it's Curry's dynasty. You know, like, to me... I already regret the conversation. We're both trying to dismiss it, and so now we're we're arguing the finer points of it. Well, I'm just saying, it's like, that. to me, it's the player, right? Nobody's like, nobody's like, um, with Tim Duncan, it's like, he won five titles. It's a dynasty. I mean, I, if... If Tim Duncan does, if the Spurs win a title now, that's not part of that dynasty. But he is sure. the guy. Sure. So it doesn't matter to me if it's back to back or what, whatever it is. To me, to me personally, that's just me. Whatever you call him, one of the great teams in NBA history is the Stephen Curry era Golden yeah. State Warriors. Congratulations to one-time Finals MVP Stephen Curry. Yeah. Oh, whatever. I mean, like to me, it's like that's no, more shit. He should have had more than one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's the sort of thing. It's like um, I don't know. I. I I think it's like, you know, I mean, if we want to just have three dynasties, which are the 60s Celtics, the, the 80s Lakers, and the 90s Bulls, then fine. You know, to me, that, that doesn't really matter. But but I to me, personally, it's like if you win four with the same marquee player and, you know, it's a dynasty. I guess what I'm thinking about is you think about – you rank players, like, literally. You keep a ranking system, <laughs> yeah. right? I don't literally rank them, but I do kind of keep mental tabs on where I expect them to project out, right? So to me, I think you've got at least two players playing right now whom, if you wouldn't say they're a top 10 player ever, are probably going to be there by the end of their career. It, like One is LeBron James already. He's a top 10 player, obviously, right? Yeah. But uh, Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry are both going to retire as top 10 players in the NBA, I think. Yeah, I think when we have these conversations, which I think are interesting, obviously, because we're going to make a fucking list about it, I have Dr. J rated a lot higher than anyone else. I'm just going to say that. So let's just throw Dr. J out for a little bit. But I think when people generally have this conversation, the two people you're talking about, the two people Durant and Curry have to pass are Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. And so you have to just go in your head, I don't have them over Kobe and Shaq. I'm just going to, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I actually don't have them over Elijah one. Uh, but I don't think Elijah wants a top 10 player either. I think Kobe and Shaq are usually 9, 10 on these lists. Maybe they, maybe somebody underrates Tim Duncan and they put them eight or something like that. A, I think there's a case that Will Chamberlain slides historically. Yeah, what, whatever. But I, I think it's like you, those to me are the parameters. And I said, I think I said it on the earlier podcast, Curry has a chance to do the Kobe. He has a chance to sort of, have Kobe's career, which is to say, except a little better. Because if he wins another title, right, then he's the best player on three championships and and the second best player on two championships. And the most important player on four or five. Yeah, yeah. And he has and he has a lot of other things that as great as a player Kobe was, you know, Curry's like a one of a kind sort of player. Um, so Sha- Shaq's, Shaq's argument against Shaq is always going to be health you know when you when you take him against the top not even 10 players but the top 20 players he just doesn't play as much as they do and that might change in this era but it's like it's he looks weird next to guys who are playing 81 games and 81 games and 81 games you mean that has to count it yeah and he only won mvp one time yeah when everybody knew he was the most dominant player in the league for such a huge chunk of his career that had he really wanted it he probably could have put up the numbers that would have won him that award more often right when you look at a player like durant 
you're going to have one of, if not the leading scorer in NBA history. When you look at a player like Curry, you're going to have him. He's going to be the the the. He's going to hold the three point uh, career three pointers title. He's going to be top four or five in assists more than likely. He's probably going to be top five in steals by the time he finishes. He's going to have so many other little accolades pulled up around him that it's going to be really difficult to make the case over Kobe. I already think he's a greater player than Kobe was. And that's a Lakers fan saying that. So yeah. to me, to me, I, I look ahead and I see at least two players that I expect. And again, they're going to have to play a few more years in order to like tally all the things yeah. up to get there. Um, but you know, we wouldn't have Kobe anywhere near the top 10 had he not just hung on for as many seasons as he did to put up counting stats and that that, stuff does matter. That's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, again, I don't think they're there yet. You you might be right. I mean, the things about careers are that you can have, and, and people are quite, it's funny. People are questioning Duran. I don't think I question him as much as other people are when I listen to podcasts, but plenty of players have been, you know, all NBA second team all NBA talent and then the next year what happened to them you know because age always catches up to everyone so so it's hard to predict these things but I do think you're right if they play you know if we are if we are in an era where players are going to be like LeBron Mm -hmm. they're going to pass some of these guys Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Yeah, Stephen Curry's going to be in the league at 40 years old yeah I think that's actually probably a likelihood Durant might not be as effective, but I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to play for. I mean, you think he's out of the league in six years? I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't either. And a so, seven footer who's so arguably I, one of the best shooters in the league, if not the best. The, you're, this is sort of a fun existential question because I do think older players will be unfairly judged for sort of longevity, and then you'll look at older players like when you look at them in their in the regular season, you'll be like, they played eighty games, they played eighty two games, and these guys are playing sixty and sixty five, which is great. I'm not, I don't, I, I'm not complaining about them doing that. I don't really care, but I do think it's like, you know, that sort of sucks. Like it's, it sucks in sort of a way like, oh, your body gives out because you were literally playing every game because you lived in an era where you had to, and this other guy is getting to play sixty games and prolonging his career by two or three years. Well, what you're putting your finger on right now is that unlike in something like baseball, where we clearly draw certain lines, live ball versus dead ball, an era pre-integration, post-integration, yeah. right? We don't really have that conversation in basketball, pre-integration, post-integration. That's a real that was a real temporal marker. There was a time when the league was just white dudes and George Mikan ruled the world. Uh, but we don't talk about basketball that way. We're now going to have to be confronted with at some point, eras just cannot be compared in basketball anymore. You can talk about, yeah, these guys were wearing Chuck Taylors and and riding buses from town to town, but ten minutes of of top level NBA defense is harder to play right now and harder on the body right now than it has ever been or ever could have been compared to the oh, 60s. Sure, yeah. You know, like it's yeah. just it's gonna be just considered a different game. So we're gonna have more to say about Kevin Durant and we can talk about him. We just want to put that button on there and not start this show without recognizing your champion Golden State Warriors. Uh, who knows where they end up next year? We're going to talk about the offseason, and we're going to have a long conversation here, so it's probably going to be two episodes. I think we should probably start off by continuing from you know chronologically the end of the season, picking up on things like the NBA draft, a uh, little coaching <laughs> switcheroo here. Uh, it was on the fucking outline. You wanted to talk about Kenny Atkinson to Charlotte. Kenny Atkinson not going to Charlotte. And then we can talk about um, then we can talk about July first and kind of everything that happened uh, right after shit hit the fan with the trade request. Yeah, I mean, uh, just quickly on the draft. I mean, 
I'm a Houston Rockets fan, and I was really excited on the last podcast because I thought the whole world was idiotic and they were not going to take the best player first. Let the record show that we both agreed Paolo was top of both of our draft picks. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was like, we're going to get in third. This is amazing. Uh, unfortunately for me, um, something ha- you know, the Orlando guy was just not telling anyone who was, he was going to pick. Everybody thought it was going to be Jabari Smith. A real rarity. It's been a long time since we've had, since, 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 uh, since Woj couldn't even drop a bomb. Uh, yeah, and, 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 until the pick was being announced. And honestly, it may, this may be because I was pissed off that day. Uh, like, I don't understand why he did it. I mean, it, it seemed like he pissed off Paulo. It seems like he made everyone mad. And he was never considering really trade trading them. Or Houston was never going to offer something that, that was going to be in that ballpark of trade. But uh, Paulo went first. Chet went second. Jabari went third to the Rockets. I had Jabari fourth. I'm not a huge Jabari person. Um, I thought just really quickly, Paulo looked great. I mean, you can always tell in summer league yep. who's playing the best because yep. Paulo played for two games and they sat him down because yep. they're like, we know this is good. Uh, Chet played for about half a summer league and they sat him down. Jabari played the whole summer league and I love my Houston Rockets, but I, I think again, I, I, I stand by, he's probably the fourth prospect in this draft, you know, and we got him third. So it's not. The worst thing in the world. It would have been worse if Orlando would have picked him first. That would have been super bad. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what you saw in the Summer League is why I disagreed with a lot of people who picked Jabari first. Paulo and Chad can both create their own offense. Uh, the difference between Paulo and Chad is we saw a little bit with Chad is that um, uh, what's his, Kenny Lofton Jr., who somehow is not related to the White Sox, <laughs> right. the which is annoying to me. Uh who is like 6'4", but, you know, 6'4 wide, too, dominated Chet. And you can see that that is going to happen to him. But Chet can do everything. I mean, he can shoot. He can do – the skill set is there. Um, Jabari was great on defense. you got to give him that. He can play all four or five positions. I'm not saying Jabari is going to be a bust, but I don't think he can create the offense at any level that those other two guys can. Yeah. And that's why you would pick them first and second. Um I thought that Detroit had a great draft. I had Jaden Ivey as my third player above Jabari. They also got a, a guy who a lot of people had really high in uh, Durian. They have a perfect running rate mate for Cade Cunningham now, and they have a center. Uh, so much so that they jumped out of the uh, the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes because they feel good about those two guys. Yeah. Um, the other... Um, the other thing is the the mystery box that was uh, Shaden Sharp played for five minutes, got injured, and didn't play anymore. So probably pretty disappointing if you're a Portland fan. Uh, that draft using a high draft pick on a guy. Nah, that's fine. Port, Port, Portland tripled down on all the veterans. Yeah, and and really quickly, uh, the only other uh, I think most people are talking about um, Oklahoma City and the Houston Tari Eason seventeen. And one of the Jalen Williams that Oklahoma City got, the one from <laughs> the one from uh, Santa Clara, they both look great. They yeah. both look like they should have been a, a way, way higher in the draft, um, and that maybe the, the Wizards should have picked them or some team that was a little bit higher in the draft. But those two guys both look like they should have been top ten picks. But that's about it from the draft. I think none of the guys really was like, um, at least in the top five, where I was just like, oh, no. Um, but again, it's like n- nothing really shocked me about what I saw. I kind of saw what I ex- expected to see, but we'll see. I mean, those te- these teams are going to be fun. 
I don't think any of them will be good. And again, when we when we talk about a season preview, these will be the teams uh, along with you know a team like Utah who just totally blew it up, and San Antonio who just totally blew it up. These will be the teams as many as much young talent as Orlando and Detroit and Houston and um, and Oklahoma City got. We're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna have to worry about them in this. Okay, so I, I'm I'm mostly with you on everything. I think that uh, unfortunately Jabari Smith not interesting enough players to make me want to watch the Rockets. The Rockets still are in full rebuild mode. They want to be bad. They want to be back in lottery next year. Um, what uh, when it comes to Paolo to the Magic? Uh, good for you, Magic, choosing I think the best player in the draft. Someone who uh, even if he doesn't reach his kind of like perennial All Star potential, which I absolutely think he has, I think he can be like a uh, certainly somebody that we should expect to make more than one All Star game in his career. Uh, even if he reaches the peak of that, exactly the kind of player that can just plug into any team, just can fill so many roles on offense for so many different kinds of offenses. Um, I don't. Don't think he's the panacea. I don't think this is going to be a team that's really worth watching on a competitive level. Um, and also, again, probably plans to just stay in the lottery uh, field for the foreseeable future. Uh, Oklahoma City won the draft. Uh, I think that seeing Paolo go first overall and knowing to stay with the guy that, that you were certain of, right, which reports were super solid the whole way through, that Chad had a promise from Oklahoma City. He wasn't going to pass number two. They took him to the hesitation. And uh, it's on Summer League. You, you see why. He was just clearly one of the NBA players on the floor among a bunch of guys who are hoping to have an NBA contract next year, right? Sure. And that's what Summer League is. I think that the Thunder Noodles are going to be uh, – I'm calling them the OKC Thunder, Thunder Noodles, by the way, now from, from <laughs> now on because they're just full of these noodle dudes. Like yeah. Chet, Chet looks like a noodle. SGA has noodle arms. Uh, they got Pokemon team still. They are the Thunder Noodles. I know, they're just looking at them. They, 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 look like, they look like a. Like you're watching a game in the 80s uh, and you're using like the little tuner dial to, like, to make the make the picture stop skipping and it kind of uh, squeezes a little bit and the aspect ratio moves all players that with skin different inches taller. That's what this looks like. The reason I'm excited about watching them is that one, they have more talent than those other two. Uh, number two, they have acquired so much draft capital that they really can just roll them on and play as hard as they can and try to get all players, not worry about the totals. If it's clear they're going to be a lot of games, they will be, they'll be active players on the stretch. But they have a reason not to just go out and play as hard as they can and try to win games. I mean, I think, I think they're actually going to win more games than expected. Yeah, I think they have a 7 foot 2 reason not to win games. But I, but, but I, I think it's like, what would I say about Oklahoma City? I agree with you, they have more talent in, in general. General? general. Um, I don't think any of those guys, like if you're, if you're asking me, right, and we'll take because Utah, we think we're going to blow them up. San Antonio doesn't has the least amount of talent, maybe in the whole NBA now. But if you're asking me, like, am I? I'm I'm, I'm pushing out five years, right? I actually do think Orlando, Houston, and Detroit. I just think that those guys, their top guy, is going to be better than anybody on Oklahoma City. I think they got a lot of guys who I like. I like Josh Giddy. I like I like Shea. I like, I like Chet, you know, but this is the reason I didn't think Chet was better than Paulo. I don't think Chet is your number one A guy. No, neither, neither is Gilgis Alexander. Nobody yeah. was on the thing right now. No, that, and that's sort of what I'm saying. One of the next 15 first round draft picks they get to For make sure. in the next six years will, is going to be the guy. I will say it's like, you gotta, you gotta get, I think this is a weird draft where there's a lot of like, um, the only guy I would put in sort of last year's top four and if you know, and if I'm feeling really, I've had a couple beers and I'm feeling really great about Kaminga top five. Uh, um, it is Paulo, and I do think that this is there's no no shame in that. But I, I think Jabari, Jay Nivey, and even Chet are in sort of the the Giddy and Franz Wagner and those types of guys. That's just how I feel. I think Chet's on the high end of that for sure. 
I would probably pick him over those guys, but I just don't think he's in that sort of that range. I do. I do agree with you though. I do agree. They have more talent. I think it's going to be tricky for Oklahoma city because the chances are that people are just not ready. I think the Rockets in Detroit and Orlando will be fun to watch, but they're not going to be very good, but they have talent. They all have talent. I think that, you know, people are, I think Indiana sneakily is going to be bad. I think that, uh, both Utah and San Antonio will be so, so bad. And you get into a situation where we're starting to stack up teams, right? And then Oklahoma City, those draft picks are great, but if you're picking 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, it's just not going to be as good as if you can get Wembenyama at 1, Scoot sure. Henderson at 2, sure. or one of those brothers at 3 or 4. And so this is a draft where you really – it's a big draft for these bad teams. They really, really want to get into that top four because those guys – might be game changers. I mean, yeah, you know, it's another really good way to end up the top four if the ping pong ball's going to like trade a shit of future draft picks to get to the, the top. Four. Nobody's going to do that. Well, no, nobody's gonna, okay. Nobody's going to do that. Perfectly fine. What I'm judging right now is this current draft. The Thunder came out of it with, I think, no worse than a second best prospect in it and another first round pick. Sam Presti is, is painting a masterpiece in terms of asset management and bringing talent into the team. Jermichael Green comes on this team, a veteran that you never regret having, just a really great, solid pro, perfect kind of guy for this kind of locker room. Uh, I just, I think that, I think that of all the teams that we talk about where you try to get me to say, you try to, uh, you know, Brendan, the, the, the Pistons are kind of fun, scrappy, you know, the Magic are kind of fun, this uh, Franz guy is really fun. No, the Thunder Noodles are the team of, of all the fucking high lottery teams I, I that I'm going to be excited to flip over to and watch these guys doing stuff. These, for these young, fun yes. teams. But I, I love Jalen Williams, too. I think Jalen Williams is – they just paid Lou Dort a lot of money. Jalen Williams has a chance to be everything that Lou Dort is, but three to four inches taller. Yeah, they're going to trade Lou Dort. They yeah, just, yeah. just lock him down. Yeah, yeah. Turn him into more. For sure. But I like to me, it's like – no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I would just say that Orlando won the draft because Orlando drafted a player that is their best player. And yeah. anytime you can draft a guy and you can immediately say, this is our best player, you win the draft. But neither of us think he's going to be the, 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 the leader of the franchise for the next 15 years. I mean, what are we talking? I mean, I, I think that this guy... Compared to next year's draft, with all, all, the, all the kids yeah, that sure. are names I don't know. Sure. That I, I, do think, about. I, I do think that Colin's on the level of... Except for maybe I love Evan Mobley, but except for but he is on the level of a Jalen Green, of a Cade Cunningham, of a Scotty Barnes, and that's a really high level. That is this guy projects out yeah. into Blake Griffin, but he's more comfortable with shooting. Mm-hmm. He can pass really well. The only, I mean, his body type, Paula's body type, is Blake Griffin, LeBron James. Yeah, he is probably at this age. And LeBron James is one of the greatest passers of all time, so it sounds ridiculous that I'm going to say this. But they're about at the same – at that passing line. That's super, super oh, – that's his best skill. Paolo is an amazing, amazing – He's a very good passer. He's not LeBron, but yeah. He's, he's a very good passer. I mean – He also doesn't quite have the same athletic burst as, no, as, that, as LeBron. Yeah, that's like, why he's not LeBron. Yeah. He's not LeBron. Or young, young Blake. Young Blake. Like, no, his, his or, second no, jump no, is no. insane. I would say the thing that Paolo probably if – you're, if you're really excited about Paolo over Blake, is you would say he's – Paolo's taller. And also, Paolo – his offensive game is just more well-developed. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you're totally right. This is why he's not a LeBron prospect because he doesn't have the athletic ability. You know, like Blake is not a LeBron prospect because he didn't have the, the playmaking. The playmaking. The playmaking. So they have, you know, so it's in that range. I do think he can be the best player on a really, really good team. Can he be the best player on a championship team? Probably not. No, but, but, but he projects out to be an ideal second best player. Yeah. And he, he projects out, to be, he projects out to be, 
the best player on a second round playoff team or the best player on a conference finalist, you know? So that's, that's a high, high bar. That's a high prospect. And just none of the guys on Oklahoma city are even near that to me. No, but this is where I circle back around to saying Oklahoma, uh, uh, Orlando, the only chance that they get another franchise transformative player is by winning in the lottery. And the thunder have other avenues. Now when you have, you have this many assets to play with, right? I understand you're saying no one's going to trade out of the top three next year, right? For multiple picks, you say that until you until it's one of those crazy years where, like, you know, where where a, uh, a, a first round playoff team somehow ends up with the number four pick or something. Like, there, there's too many question marks ahead of Orlando from where they how they might continue to get better from where they're currently at. In my mind, they don't have any of the other stuff that they could trade into other good contracts or. I, I mean, they, they need power to develop, and they just need to be back in the lottery again. I mean, that's I, it. I, I think that seems to be the only plan they I have. mean, I think Franz is, is a very, very good player for them. I, yeah, I mean, maybe not. I mean, the guards for Orlando, it's like, I it's hilarious to listen to Orlando fans, and they're talking themselves into Marco Fultz. I know Fultz. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I don't disagree with you. I think, I think that you are totally right. That Oklahoma City has probably seven to eight prospects that other people want. We have, we have anywhere from uh, six to eleven listeners to this podcast. I really believe that one of them is Kenny Atkinson, and he listened to Brendan go, "You're gonna go there. It's not not gonna matter. Who cares?" And Kenny Atkinson, you know what? I'm the assistant coach, <laughs> the head assistant coach of Golden the Golden Champion. I Golden can work half days and polish my new yeah. I can that. live in San Francisco. I'm out. I'm not. Sorry, Michael Jordan. I am out of this. And then, and then Brennan just cursed the the Charlotte franchise. You know, he just threw salt on the on the crops. Also, Steve Clifford, is there any more shade you can throw on yourself than than to go come crawling back? He's he's like Homer going back to get his job through the little supplicant uh, door that he has to crawl on his hands and knees through the dirt is, to get into. It is unimaginable to me if you were going, hey. What's the worst coach you can imagine for Lonzo Ball? Oh, yeah. And Steve Clifford, I mean... I don't know. He's in a good line. Uh, 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 sorry, LaMelo. LaMelo, yeah. sorry. LaMelo. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's going to get LaMelo to play. To really, really, uh, really drill down and play some good defense this year. This is... Steve Clifford is a guy who hates playing young players. He loves to grind it out and get, like, 30 wins. That's, like, his thing. This team isn't good enough to do that, by no. the way. Those Orlando teams he was grinding out, like, eight seed playoff Eastern Conference is was better than this team. It is an unmet. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Miles Bridges thing. Of course, the the, the team's high scorer of, of last season, uh, Miles Bridges, uh, was arrested, is pleading not guilty to multiple charges of domestic battery and assault. Uh, when someone pleads not guilty, that is... That just says this is going to get fucking ugly. Uh, pictures of his girlfriend, the mother of his children, uh, are available. She, she put them out into the world. Uh, fuck this guy. What this has translated to in the moment, though, is that he's got a qualifying offer on the table. Nobody's offered him a contract. Yeah. So the Hornets don't have nothing to match. Uh, Bridges presumably is going to end up having to take the qualifying offer, but – as we were just talking uh, in the, we do another podcast called self study soccer, where we talk about Austin <laughs> FC, uh, who is just shipping out Cecilia Domingo, one of their, one of their designated yeah. players uh, just for the intimation of some kind of uh, uh, domestic disturbance, not even any physical altercation, just, just like yeah. him being a, a, a screamy uh, prick. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if you're the Hornets, what do you even want to do? Do you want him to? Yeah. It's back? an interesting question because I think sometimes, I mean, we saw with Austin FC, 
they were like, you can't play here anymore. Um, we've seen with Manchester United and Mason Greenwood that the whole sort of international soccer community doesn't want to talk about it. And he's probably going to play with me. I don't, I don't know if he played with Manchester United during this exhibition run. I haven't been paying attention. Uh, but literally, uh, it seems like the Premier League is like the NFL where they just don't give a fuck. No. Um, so I don't, I don't think the way the NBA is that this guy's ever going to play again, unless it's in, I don't know, Russia or wherever, wherever, wherever foreign country will allow him to play. Uh, and just such a, I mean, just a fucking, I mean, fuck that guy. It sucks that his children have to deal with it. It sucks that, you know, it sucks the whole thing. Yeah. Um, we're talking about, we're having a fun little show about basketball, but like you said, fuck that guy. But, well, he's going to take, the, he's going to be on the Hornets. Yeah, he's going to be on the Hornets. He's going to play, he's going to sit on the bench. He's going to play. I can't imagine a team in the NBA just the way he is taking this guy. I mean, he's not good yeah. enough to sort of, you know, I mean, maybe if it was like a top five player. People like look, you know, something like Jason Kidd. People can, uh, yeah, get away. yeah, and Jason Kidd 20 years ago. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, so it's like that's the last player I can be yeah. like definitive. I think his career is over in the NBA, and I think that for Charlotte, I mean, it is a, a fucking disaster yeah. because you can't really replace. I mean, you talked about it, I think, eloquently, but they don't really have, really have anything but bridges and, and ball. So if you lose one of those things, they don't have any way to replace it. They, I think, are going to be very, very bad. And I think from being sort of when we last thought sort of hopeful, I mean, I went to see a Charlotte game, um, I was just actually play the Lonzo Ball or Lamella Ball did. And they love him. Yep. I mean, it, it is packed there. The crowd is actually excited about basketball, probably for the first, you know, for the first time since like Lonzo, uh, so uh, Muncie Bob, Bob, what's it called? Bill Morning is he? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, what is that? You know, I just want to say Lonzo. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my thing. Uh, <laughs> but I think you know now you have to worry if you're a Charlotte fan and it's a it's a total bummer, bummer of Lamelo in a couple of years going. Where can I go? Oh, he's 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 taking a lot this next season. Yeah. So I would fully expect you to see a bad Charlotte here. Uh, maybe not to get him in among his top eight picks, but I hope that, that if you're Lamelo, you're waiting to sit around for another player younger than you, right? Like, as well, I mean, most people take that offer. I mean, most people take that first, as they call it, the fun max. But that's the thing. Some of them, some of them either don't get offered it, uh, or realize that hey, you know, I'll take my qualifying offer and put the franchise in a worse position. Type of damage rate, what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, and actually have options. I th- yeah. the, the difference here is, is is that on a team like Phoenix, there are reasons for like winning that you want to stay in a franchise that's set up to continue to win. This shot continues to be so bad. I would it would not be shocked to see at the end of another year here. Charlotte is really, really bad. Maybe they get a good player in the draft. Maybe they don't. And if they don't, then the qualifying uh, or then the extension offer goes out. He might refuse to take it. Instead, play on a qualifying offer and go into restricted free agency the next year. I think he, I think they're going to be able to pay him whatever he wants. They're going to match no matter what. Like, they're going to pay him contract. a full boat, and I think he's going to take it. But it may be in a in a you know if it's a five year contract. You might be right, but we just a few more years down the road. Well, the, the other big thing we're seeing right now is a lot of players who sign these extensions, sign the extensions, and say trade me. Yeah, and and we're going to talk about this when we talk about the insane draft pick uh, inflation, deflation we're dealing with right now with with how how crazily low certain franchises have been have been valuing their picks and trading them for certain players. Um, but what we've seen now consistently since. I mean, I would say I think Paul George is the first one that stands out to me. Sign an extension, then demand a trade. Uh, then, then uh, Durant obviously recently did it, um, and we'll talk about him in a moment. But like, I, I just I wouldn't be shocked if we're looking at like a bad, we're looking in the barrel of a bad Charlotte team for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable yeah, future. Yeah. So the thing Steve is, Clifford's not saving anybody, right? Yeah. So the thing about it, the eight thing is actually interesting and rare. I mean, everybody thought that Zion wasn't going to sign that contract. You know, there was even rumblings about Luca. They all usually sign that. Yeah, the first one. And then, and that's where, and that's what Lamelo is going to be on. And they all, and honestly, they all usually play the whole contract. And then that's when they go, okay, 
it's been seven years. Time to get out of here. I, I think he signs this trade. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he is sort of beloved in a way that is. I think it's gonna. I think he's gonna be a little bit loyal for a little bit you know for a while. Nick fans. I think Nick fans might be getting another player, and they will not <laughs> have the money to pay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll leave Charlotte now. I just wanted to address like yeah. nothing goes about Oscar just other than fuck that guy. Uh, and also, just to say, hey, remember when we took like some time out to talk about Kenny Atkinson going to the top for some reason? Not only is that irrelevant, but that franchise is circling the drain again. Yeah, I think I do. I do think if Charlotte is smart, which they are, um, they will. They should have traded some of these guys. They should have bottomed out with Lamelo this year. Again, for this draft. I mean, this draft, if they can, if they can hit on it, if they have, I don't even know if they have the pick, honestly. But like. I just think it's the that's why everybody is is bottoming out because this is the draft to bottom out for. Well, we have got this far into the show talking about nonsense. Anybody <laughs> who is listening has been skipping forward They're or looking so for timestamps, wondering when are we gonna get to the Brooklyn Nets factory? And before we get into uh, transactions, what happened, uh, the actual deals and signings and trades that happened July first, something else happened that really kicked off everything. And that was Kevin Durant put in a request to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets. And then the whole league said, eh, we're okay. Well, <laughs> in 48 hours, you had players like DeJounte Murray going for three picks yeah, and a swap, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I feel like, I'm not, not to tip my hand too much in this conversation, but there's no world in which Brooklyn gets adequate value for what they think Durant is worth right yeah. now. What he is worth theoretically on a team next year right but reports are that they want like they want like four picks and four pick swaps and good current players uh they want to go bear trade and the harden trade combined they want they want the <laughs> Mur- they, they want. want the dejounte murray trade the go bear trade they want all of the trades combined yeah and, and it, they want everything in one bag and they don't want the bag to be heavy yeah they they, they also want they also want to completely reshape their roster and send out recurring money but get back current all-stars i do not know what brooklyn is doing i have no clue how they're how they're going about this because you know they're, you know they're setting the market in a way that i just doesn't make sense here to me. is what i i think that they were asking for the moon at first here's what i actually think they're doing i think they're waiting for the very fickle uh slim reaper to change his mind yes i think that that is what's happening and they're calling his bluff because they have to. Because if they can't get that big shoot for the moon package, guess who gets their pick? The Houston Rockets. So they have to. There's two. There's three scenarios here, right? There's the scenario where they trade for f- fifty cents on the dollar. There's a trade where they shoot the moon, which the league doesn't want to do. And there's a third scenario. They'd rather have the shoot the moon, but this scenario is way better than the first scenario, which is just, hey, guys, play. Yeah. Play, and we'll be good enough that we don't have – I don't know if it's a swap or if it's actually like they get their pick, but we'll be good enough to either not swap or we'll be good enough to like – the pick is just going to be a middle first-round pick. So compounding this is also the fact that uh, they don't that, – that Irving opted in. Kyrie, Kyrie opted in, right, which was – Always going to happen, yeah. right? Partly because it's very hard to imagine another franchise being excited to pay him his max figure right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and him knowing, him knowing, uh, you know, as we've made fun of him this for months and months on this podcast now, and longer than that in our regular lives, making fun of him is still when he's on the court a transcendent player. 
one of the 15 best players in the league by probably any measure, right? So the fact that he is coming back, my question becomes, can you play the whole... So Okay, so it's this weird little puzzle box, right? Because they don't want to trade Kyrie until they know what they're doing with Durant, right? Uh, supposedly. They want to try to roll back Durant, and Kyrie has said, I opted in. I'm ready to play next year, right? Yeah. Even as he tells every other team in the league, <laughs> even as he tells every other team in the league, don't trade for me, I'm going to the Lakers after next season, yeah. right? Like, And this is, again, this has been corroborated over and over again because that's one of the only franchises, probably the only one in the league, that can justify bringing in his level of bullshit just to raise their, their talent floor that they need to, getting out of a bad marriage with Russell Westbrook. And having like the 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 culture setter that gives you at least some kind of record of like, well, LeBron's managed to make it work with Kyrie before, right? It's the only franchise that can talk themselves into we can handle taking Kyrie because it's the Lakers. They've taken basket case superstars for decades, yeah, yeah. right? So that's the, the only teams that can take him. That's an obvious fit. I see very few ways in which Kyrie is not playing Lakers in two years, right? But are the Nets willing to call the next block? Like, we'll roll all back. Do they want Kyrie to come back? Do they want Kyrie? Well, here's, the thing, here's the thing. It's like, does it piss off the rent if they pay Kyrie? Again, away? it's not like, do they? I mean, their options are, right? Again, we, we go back to these three options. So let's let's go around the league and, and see what's actually on the table. The best deal that I've heard for winning, I'm not saying like long term. Like if you get Scotty Barnes long term, that's great, right? But winning right now is the one we just heard about. Sorry, so the, the, the be- because there's a handful of deals that are confirmed have been offered, but you're talking about the best way to win for like the, we, for, or like for the we, Nets to be winning. Because they're not going to trade Kyrie, at least right now, although I think that that's not totally true. They're not going to take Kyrie. Do you mean best for Brooklyn? Because that's, that's all that matters to them. They can talk about drop capital. Not necessarily if they decide they can fully blow it up if they get a player like Barnes plus a shitload. They can't fully blow it up because they don't have any other drop picks. No, so if they, so if they, you think you're going to get four or five. I know, but if you get, like, let's, let's just do the Phoenix Suns or the Boston Celtics. You get a bunch of draft picks from them. What do you think those draft picks are going to look like? Not very good. So the... Let's say Toronto is the question mark. Yeah, yeah again. But again, with Toronto... So yeah, you, you, you put that out there, right? What's the most valuable thing for them? I'm telling you, they have, I think it's three swaps with the Houston Rockets. They want to avoid swapping with the Houston Rockets. I'm, that is part of their calculation. So to me, so let's just, again, I'm going to go back to what I was about to say. The best package they really have for winning, which I think is really important to them. I think that is the number one thing in a Kevin Durant trade for them. Winning right now is the Jalen Brown trade. It's Jalen Brown, White, and a first-round pick. That's what Boston's offering. It might be White and two first-round picks or Smart and one, fir- one first-round pick. But, or, or what Brooklyn's asking, trying. Well, one of the reasons we haven't seen it yet is both Smart, White, Brown, and two first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, whatever the, the, the formula of that is, right? But even let's just take Smart out of it. Even if it's White and Jalen Brown, that's still better. God love Mikhail Bridges and God love Cam Johnson. Jalen Brown is a way better player than either of those guys. So that's still better. Jalen Brown plus Ben Simmons plus whatever you get for Kyrie. That's the optimal winning next year. That's not good enough. So I think that they are saying, well, if that's the best we're going to do, we're just going to let Kevin play this year. Like, worst comes to worst, he still has three years on his contract. We can trade him next summer. You know, he can cry about it. He can whine about it. It doesn't matter. We're just going to wait. And I do think that that will break on the Kyrie part. If 
because there's two options. On the Kyrie road, there's two options, right? Kyrie magically comes back. He's a model citizen because he knows this is his last year on That's the not an option. This is not last year. No, on the no, 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 no. Sorry, it's not an option. Like I, I don't think Kyrie Irving comes to training camp. I don't think he's in the locker room. If I he doesn't come to stay away. Yeah. So I don't think that's true again because Brooklyn needs to win. It might be true from Kyrie's side, but Kyrie has a lot to lose because if Kyrie comes out, then yeah, sure you can sign with the Lakers, but the Lakers have all the leverage on how much they're going to pay you. Yeah. So what it is the, one of the rare times in Kyrie's Who else career is pay again. It is one of the rare times in Kyrie's career where it behooves him to, to show up to train and play. Yeah. So. Option one, which I think is actually the leading option, is he comes, he plays really well for half a year because Kyrie's great at that. <laughs> and then the Brooklyn Nets are able to get a little bit more blood out of what – it might not be the Lakers, but it might be a third team. Who is it is my question. Because, because everything we've no, seen – with the Lakers. I mean a three-team deal with the Lakers. I understand. The Lakers, he always ends Extract up with the Lakers. extra value from whoever's taking on yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so like – He's always going to end up with the Lakers. I don't disagree with sorry, him. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just so saying. A first from the Lakers, maybe a first from. Yeah. Whatever. Indy. Yeah. We don't know. Not I mean, we don't know how this looks because the second option that Brooklyn is, is barreling towards is they both play. And it really depends on how good that looks, you know? And they may, they may complain and, and they, they'll still go. I'm not saying they're not going to go. But what I'm saying is, is like if if it looks really good, then it's the value that Brooklyn gets in the middle of the season, which I think is when they're going to trade Kyrie. Like that's the dead stop, unless them somehow they're like on a 70 win game. Like that's not going to happen. I think Kyrie is going to get traded mid season. I think that Durant they can hold him for the whole season and just do this again and say, you know, look how well he played, look how good he is. So at what point does Durant force the issue and just say, my knee hurts? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, Durant has other things he can do if he is deciding he, can, he, he wants can to totally, He can totally do that. But I think what I would say again is the teams have been able to extract value when players have been able to do that. Players can do that, and people can go, well, you're not going to get anything for James Harden. Well, you're not going to get anything for Ben Simmons. What Brooklyn is going to get right now is so low – that they they don't lose that much. They can still get right. that. They, they have so little leverage. They they have such a bad situation. The, the worst situation is yes, Kevin Durant sits out after two months, and they get what they're getting now. Yeah, they might as well just lose this hand and get dozen other ones. Yeah, but if they actually play them in the season, they might get some more. And that, that I'm saying that's what they're thinking is. And bonus, when he's playing for those two months before he gets pissed off at you, you're winning games, so you might not lose. You know, you you're giving a worse pick. That you've given away. Yeah, I, I, I just, man, this this Nets team needs to be like this Nets front office needs to be completely disassembled. Like the fact that they that they allowed this to happen, the fact that they went as hard as they did on, let's say, mercurial personalities <laughs> in Kyrie and uh, and Durant, and also did things like commit all of that money up front to DeAndre Jordan, who's gone, like put, keeping themselves in a position where. Even at their top dollar best, when they looked amazing for a couple of games at a time with Harden and Kyrie and Durant, when that stops working, what do they wind up getting for Harden? 
on the guy who didn't play at all and is another one of the biggest question mark Mercurial players in the league. There is no vision. There is no culture. There is nothing at the Nets other than saying, hey, we'll be the doorstop for whoever the best basket base, basket case players are yeah. that are going to come here. And all that is a recipe for is to waste another year of Kevin Durant's career and not get much more for him than you could have gotten right this second. So I want to talk about who are the potential Kevin Durant suitors yeah. because – I just, I truly just think that like this, this, this Brooklyn, people are talking about like, oh, the Brooklyn's one of the biggest uh, disappointments ever. I don't really think it is on the team because what it's easy to say is after the fact, and we can because this is what happened. They are such a self implosion and they did such a piss poor job yeah. of, of maintaining any kind of continuity for what a plan around like, hey, what are we going to do to make sure that Durant wants to retire here, right? The, the complete lack of ability to do any of that just speaks to having no vision for the franchise. And I think that there are franchises that, like, we've given a hard time to, like, say, your Portland's, where, like, hey, if nothing else, like, they've secured what looks to be a better future for their franchise just by making it so that Damian Lillard is happy to retire there. And they're able to do nice little bits of business through the offseason, whereas now the Nets' best-case scenario are having to take gigantic dice rolls every single season on the health of a returning Kevin Durant, who, let's not forget, tore an ACL two years ago, yeah. uh, on, a, on a Kyrie Irving, whom you know, at top dollar best, you're hoping to get 30 good games out of to try to squeeze any kind of value out of. They're playing from so far behind at this point that I, I just... I, I would have zero confidence. Yeah, in I don't. I mean, I'm not saying this is a good hand. I mean, I, when the Harden trade happened for Ben Simmons, I was very ecstatic because the thing that I said about the Rockets Brooklyn trade was totally right. Yeah, every aspect of it. Well, we are both stoked on that yeah. for Harden to Philly. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, but but I'm just saying it's like this this thing that they got the Simmons thing that they got. And to me, there is. Um, <laughs> It's funny because I my first inclination when you started talking was just to go hard into Kyrie, but I I have Kyrie Irving at least when he is playing is a top level player. Ben Simmons has never been a top no. level player, yeah. and so to me that I don't know I will never understand if I had if if I was somehow allowed into the halls of the big podcast. This would literally be the first question I would ask these people is because like this dude at his best season was a third team All NBA. And you guys treated him like he was insane. And that's what they're going to I mean, that's what they're gonna end up with at the end of this. They're going to end up with Ben fucking Simmons. Yeah. That is, I mean, honestly, that is like move to Connecticut, change your name to the Hartford Whale, and just start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, I agree, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I lay out what they're going to do because I think that that's, that's literally like you have, you have two twos in your program and you're just like, well, I'll keep playing. Yeah, maybe I'll hit on the river. You know, that is what they're fucking doing. And so, yeah, it's abysmal. It is a joke. It is hilarious. And I, you know, you think about other franchises. And it's very hard, barring Sacramento, to think of something like. But at least with Sacramento, like it's, it's sort of like this. The chutzpah of of Brooklyn is just so so high, and so sort of ridiculous. And it's like it's going to end badly, and they don't have any other draft picks. There's no draft guy. And this has happened they twice. Have insane luxury tax bill. This has happened twice. Yeah. And so I I don't. Yeah, the kids aren't old enough to remember. The last time Boston and and New Jersey did a deal about that, that essentially major player coming back for it, it crippled the team, you know, uh, to the point where they had to run their And it's, it's to me, it's what's so hilarious about it is just like there's no imagination, you know, it, there's no sort of like, because I will say something out loud. Um, like, there, there's a team they should be trading Kevin Durant for 
who has a lot of draft picks and we're probably getting some really good young players, but they are so petulant and stupid they're not going to do it. And that team is the New York Knicks. Okay. Yeah, New York has all, has can give them I think six draft picks. They have R.J. Barrett. They have a lot of good young players. I know R.J. Barrett doesn't like a lot of good players. I mean, they have players, right? And they have draft picks. I think to me, it's like that team should be on the radar. But this just shows you how Brooklyn is. Like Brooklyn is just this sort of small-minded, narrow. Yeah. Like I can at least see Nick fans being stoked on that. And I could see some like you know it's embarrassing like, for sure. Like like early Carmelo vibes of like, hey, we don't really think we're gonna be a great team, but at least we have this like transcendent great score who can light up the garden every night, you yeah. know. And like I think if you like really at like really drill down for Nick fans, yeah, they want to see a championship in their lifetime. What they really want is they want a Kobe, they want a Melo, they want a Durant, they want they they want someone who can put up forty a game. And and be you know an icon. Here's the thing: if they had a good owner, this is another thing that this is so small. This really bothers me about their owner. Kevin Durant, with four years on his contract, comes in and says, "I want out," and you get one team, the Phoenix Suns. That's the only mm-hmm. team I'm going for. If I'm a fucking billionaire, you know what I'm going to say to that asshole when he says that to me? I'm going to be like, four years, four teams." Give me four teams you can play for. Or you're playing the whole rest of your contract and you can sit. I don't give a fuck. We'll burn this thing down. Yeah. We'll burn this thing down. And there are owners that would do that. But they don't have anybody in that infrastructure that is tough if Brooklyn, at all. If Brooklyn still had the, the Russian mafia guy. Yeah. Like, that guy would probably be fine. They'd be like, okay, well, I'll be on jet ski. Yeah, Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's like, it's just stuff like that. The reason they couldn't keep Kevin Durant is because they couldn't tell Kevin Durant no. And they, because and, they begged him to come in the door prostrate, saying, you're franchise. For sure. Anything you want. Yeah. You're LeBron. Yeah. By the way, LeBron, looking like a better GM these days, isn't he? <laughs> I'm just saying, for all the problems, for all, for all the faults, for all the faults, it's at least worked for him a couple times. I mean, I think it's it's uh, sort of, yeah, I mean, we can get into like the the Lakers situation, but yeah, I mean, it's well, obvious. But, but, yeah, but it's before obvious. We get into Ky- yeah, sorry. Before we get into Kyrie and Lakers, let's talk a little bit about, is there even a team that should want to bring in Durant for what it would cost to get him realistically. Because I, I look at teams like, you know, before the Zion deal happened, if that was a maybe, I could have seen a version of sign and trade for Zion that made sense for New Orleans. Uh, Zion comes in. Now, like, nothing could get done for six months at the earliest, even if they wanted to. And frankly, I think the vibes are good. Pelicans are good. Pelicans are going to be a fun, good, coherent, young team with the oldest guy on it being CJ McCollum. I wouldn't want to mess with that chemistry right now. No. If you're Toronto... You've bet big and won big before on short-term superstar turnaround contracts. I think they could probably still have a good team, uh, a, a team good enough to be to challenge in the East, even if they had to give up Ananobi and others and Barnes, uh, you know, uh, as the centerpieces, plus a lot of picks. They have them to give, and they, you know, really smart franchise, know, know how to make those other little marginal moves to, to build up the roster around them. But you've also got Scotty Barnes, who the fan base really likes. You already just won. Canadians never expected to see a title in their lifetime. They want to see another homegrown player lead the franchise the way they got to watch Kyle Lowry win a title, right? That's ultimately the, the player that they love and they care about yeah. from that team more than Kawhi. If you're Toronto, you certainly don't want to be the first ones jumping in to pay the premium of, of, of what Brooklyn's asking for right now. Yeah. The only two teams that I can see that, that could potentially use it are uh, so Boston is the one that, that this week everyone's talking about because apparently they waited until they, they waited a few weeks and then said here's a realistic offer right 
And I think that, you know, as, as great as their run was, you and I have had criticisms about, about where we think the, 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 the long-term future and ceiling mm-hmm. of a Brown Tatum uh, team is as great as Tatum was in the second half of this year and leading the team in the playoffs. Um, there's a little part of you that wonders, you know, for where he's at his age, do you expect him to be the best player on your team forever? And, yeah. and if he is, can he be a, a, a champion? Right. Uh, the fact is you're going to face a healthier Eastern conference next year, more than likely. Right. Like most of us, I think, I mean, I certainly had the bucks going to the, I think the bucks were a better team, fully healthy. I think that, that, you know, our potentially Philly is a better team, fully healthy. I think the heat have a chance to come back stronger than ever. Um, the heat's the other team that I could look at as potentially being able to make a Kevin Durant deal, partly because their culture is so strong that they could say, Hey, this is where you get to come in and be the best player on the team. Um, it's not you stepping into a Warriors team where the fans are all are all locked up for for staff and uh, and you're you'll never be fully appreciated or fully valued even though you win the the, the finals MVPs. Um, they could still make those moves that only make sense if they can keep Adebayo. Um, I think then they can be a championship team. Hard to see a deal getting done if they do if they if they refuse to give him up. What are the teams that could realistically so here's want the th- Durant? Here's the thing, and here is why. This is another reason that that's we're going to start the season with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. The reason none of these teams make sense is because besides Miami, of all the teams you just talked about, Kevin Durant is not staying for four years at any of those other franchises. So why the fuck would I give up any assets for him at all? Well, players, so, like, players like Miami, players get there, they like it. They no, no, no. I'm saying Miami is the exception. Right. Miami is where you could see if Kevin Durant goes there, he'll probably play his contract. I could see Durant right. winning a title at Boston and then being like, it's great, I'm going to finish here. You know? Yeah, you could see it. I'm not saying you can't see it, but I wouldn't bet on it. And so what's going to have to happen for this trade to happen and for Brooklyn to at least get 85% of value, whatever that number is in their head? is he's going to have to say, I'm willing to go to these places. Because a lot of these places do make sense, but they only make sense if he's playing at least two or three years on that team. So it's just like, there's a lot of packages you can come up with. But it's like, if Kevin Durant's brain is like, obviously he would probably go to LA, he'd probably go to the Knicks, he'd probably go to Miami and Phoenix. And it's like, but that's not good enough. There's no way that the Nets can make that trade. And they will hold out until he does. And they don't it, – it really – again, he – I. what will happen if he sits out, the other part of that email will be these are the five teams I'll go to. Not the one team I'll go to, but the five teams I'll go to. And I think that's really what you're talking about there. I think with Miami, you can't – I mean, people have said this, but you can't trade – you can't even trade out of Bayou without trading Ben Simmons because they're both on their rookie right, contract. Yeah, rookie and there's nobody else that – is really that interesting because if you trade Jimmy Butler and keep out of bio, I mean, maybe you're a championship team, but it's like, you know, you're kind of a slightly better chance, but it's not like it doesn't really get you there. And like you said, there isn't Boston is the team that makes sense on the Boston side because it's like, I was going through my head and going, Oh, who are the top 10 players next year? You know? And you got the three old heads, which are Curry, LeBron and Durant who I know can be top five players, obviously. Mm-hmm. You got you got Embiid, you got Giannis, you got Luka, you got Jokic, you yeah, got... Thank you for finally getting to two-time current rating MVP. You got those four guys who definitely can be top five player. And then I start thinking about Tatum. I don't know if you said Giannis, but yeah. Yeah, I did say Giannis. But 
but I just can't, my brain just doesn't even, you know what I'm saying? Like there isn't a world where I'm like, cause I named seven guys. Right. And there's probably maybe somebody I'm even missing, but like, I just, I can see him being above a couple of those guys, yeah. but I, I can't really, I can't really do it where I'm like, these other guys I know are this. Right. And so, yeah. So in that situation, you have a situation where Durant can be your best player and Tim can be your second best player. Especially if you keep smart. I mean, that to me is the. I mean, I think I would probably put them as a favorite. So they really need smart. They got Brogdon. They got Brogdon for nothing. Brogdon will play 28 minutes. Right? Great pickup. As well as an honorable day. Yeah, so, but what I'm saying is it really makes sense for Boston in that way. And honestly, I think it makes, of these deals, it makes more sense for Brooklyn. Um, because I think it'll put them. Jalen Brown makes you at least a good enough team to tread water while you figure out what the hell you're doing. I think you're right that. No, I expect them to be on the Hornets this year. The other big thing that we're kind of just dancing around in all this, the other big reason is that they need his value to decrease. They literally need the asking price that they can like put themselves behind uh, above, above to tell the other teams to get out of it. Yeah. There are so few teams that have the draft capital that would take uh, to return for the Hornets before the asking price. Right? Just simply losing some time means that you're shaking a first round pick off that ask. Now there's an increased possibility to bring a third team to facilitate, etc. Where they're at right now, with how much they're asking for, it is, and just the math, right? It is going to be a Herculean task for any of the teams we've mentioned to even bring in Kevin Durant just as is right now, let alone meet the draft price, the draft picks price that Brooklyn has to ask for if DeJounte Murray is worth three first rounders <laughs> and a pick swap. Yeah. Like, like, and, and that's, that, that's what we'll, we'll talk about the other transactions later, but like, I do not understand right now the market value of a first round pick. I understand the Lakers and Brooklyn just having a standoff, just having a stare down of the Lakers saying, no, like at most you'll get one first round pick for Kyrie Irving. That is the most anyone's going to pay you clearly by far. It's the most we would do only to get Russell Westbrook out the door right now. Right. Like you're taking back Russ and buying him out if that's happening. Right. Otherwise, no reason whatsoever. Other teams, I guess we'll, 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 we'll talk about Atlanta later, but like Brooklyn has to have that kind of, of, of that number of picks based on what Harden went for, based on what Davis went for, based on the fact that he's Kevin fucking Durant and he's better yeah, than everybody yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be better than everybody else for the next couple of years. And he's still going to be a very good contributor, high-level contributor for years after that. It is a very open question if the, the Deontay, Deontay, Deontay Murray um, trade and the Rudy Gobert trade do not happen. In a vacuum. Gobert is the other one I forgot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Does Kevin Durant get traded? Because like you said, the value is a little lower. You can take four picks. It sort of makes sense. But they both of those trades just blew up the market. Yeah. And it's it's the same reason the Donovan Mitchell trade isn't happening. Exactly. So you can't even get that for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So it's like you, you cannot, as the Utah Jazz, trade Rudy Gobert for five picks and not get five picks. And really they got six picks for Rudy Gobert because they right. got the yep. current Minnesota yep. first round pick. So or four picks in an all-star. <laughs> like like what, something that lets us make the trade. Yeah, yeah. So it's like well, – selling the fan base as we didn't just get – Yeah, teams. so the Knicks, Knicks I think, are, are not doing it because in the old market, they probably would have had to give up four picks, you know, three or four picks, probably four. And now they're going to have to give up maybe six picks. And so it's just like – <laughs> you know they're even going. I mean, we like Donovan Mitchell. We, you know, we want him to be here, but really, that's what we have to give up for a guy who is kind of third team All NBA. That's what we're doing. Yeah, both of those franchises have to wait for those players to be value on the market a tiny bit to be able to even save face in making a deal. Yeah. 
to get something that's that's even close to equitable for what their value is. And the only reason, by the way, I'm not saying the Kevin Durant's going to fall off a cliff in a year or Donovan Mitchell won't be good in a year. I'm just saying that when there's a year less in the contract, it's less leverage for the team because it's less guaranteed. No, no, for no. sure. I, I think that to your other point, which was like, what is a first-round pick value? It's obviously to teams like the Rockets and Orlando and Oklahoma City and Utah now and San Antonio now. Um, it's very valuable, you know? And there's other teams that are better than that. Like, the Knicks still have all their picks. Uh, Boston still has a lot of their picks. Like, Golden State still has a lot of their picks. Like, there are teams that value it, but there are definitely teams like the Phoenix Suns who announced to the world, we don't value the draft. Yeah, 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 like, we, we don't really bother with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think it's beauties in the eye of the beholder, you know? So it's like, I, I it really feels like there's these two groups one is hoarding picks. Like 10 teams have all the picks. And then, and then 10 teams have no picks. And then 10 teams are sort of in the middle, still acting like they're regular teams, you know? And so there are going to be drafts when you're going to be like, oh, Houston, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Utah, San Antonio. You know, it'll just be like, wow, I guess they have the whole first half of the first round, you know? So I, I don't know what happens in that scenario, you know, in a few years, in 10 years or five years. You and I agree. That Kevin Durant playing for the Nets going this fall. Let's say a total of Kyrie Irving. Okay. Uh, where do you think Kyrie is in the East? Like, I mean, I think he plays the surface season. The, my gut says he gets traded in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, the package is really the. I mean, there was big Lakers news, which they kind of bought. You know, Indiana they were on the edge of a buddy deal, uh, Miles Turner deal, and the Lakers bought the second first round pick. Yeah. They were, really yeah, they were. And and honestly, part of the balking was probably like, you know, maybe we can get Kyrie. Yeah. If we give up both of our picks, then we, we don't. Then we have nothing to trade for Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I think that it's pretty clear too. The other good news for the Lakers in this front is that Russell Westbrook's agent quit. Yeah. And wrote a letter that basically said he thinks Russell should play for the Lakers, and Russell is totally fine with a buyout. Yeah. So that is. If you're a Lakers fan, that is amazing, great news, because that was sort of a question of like, well, can we even trade him? It, no one wants to take him. They want him to buy out, right? So, But if they buy him out, they can't, they can't, yeah. just, they, they can't just take on the Kyrie's contract. As so I, I honestly don't understand, except for the fact of the thing I just said, which is Brooklyn wants to win actual games because they gave away all the draft capital. That's the only explanation for it. But on paper, in a world where this team wasn't idiotic for 100 years, on paper, the Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving for two first-round draft picks and a Russell Westbrook buyout, especially in the old world Sorry. before we were just giving Sorry. away draft picks. Brooklyn takes back Russell and buys him out. Yeah. That's what they They get two first-round picks. Yes. Lakers get Joe Harris. Lakers get Kyrie Irving. Yeah. That for both teams makes so much fucking sense. As a Lakers fan, I was I was willing to see that happen. Yeah, and I don't. I think there is this feeling in Brooklyn, a that they're going to have to buy out Westbrook and pay a lot of the money. I don't know what the laws or the rules are. Like, could there? Because there are other sports, right, where you'll see a contract and what the team that's trading will pay some of the contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the NBA can do that, but it's it's not a ton. Yeah. So. I do think that Russell Westbrook will become more valuable as you're half the season. You've already paid him some money. But I, I think that I really come back. I think this is wrongheaded. I think that's the wrong decision by Brooklyn. But I think that they are trying to eke out a few more. You know, they want to be 41 and 41. I really believe that. 
And I think that that's going to make them make bad long-term. They're trying to fix the bad, horrible mistake they made, and they are going to make bad mistakes off of that bad mistakes. And to me, that Kyrie deal that I just said, you don't need a third team, makes total fucking sense. You but don't know Joe Harris. The Lakers, the Lakers were unwilling to offer the second pick. So that, that okay, formally, so formally, it has never been confirmed the Lakers were willing to offer the second yeah. first round pick. Well, I, I and and the reason – I agree, but the reasoning behind it is – well, here's the thing. The only reason that you do that for the Lakers is if you are like, look, we want to wash Russell Westbrook out of our hair, fresh start. We have a core now coming in that is going to be Kyrie, LeBron, AD, inarguably – an incredible fit on paper, like much more so than Russell Westbrook ever looked like, right? Like yeah. really fills in a key area of need in terms of just sheer ball handling uh, when LeBron's off the court, uh, someone who can get their own shot, somebody who can play off ball and has had tremendous shooting numbers off ball for the last couple of years in Kyrie. Um, the other thing, though, that the Lakers were, can, were questioning about was there apparently actually really is a lot of mixed reporting on if Joe Harris's ankle is going to be good or not. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And, and, I mean, and, and he, he has three years guaranteed. And if, from the Lakers, it's, you know, hey, hey like, <laughs> you're calling us, right? Like, we all know that if we just hold on to one first-round draft pick, we get Kyrie Irving by the All-Star break, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing else I, coming. I would say, though, uh, my counter to that would be – as good as those three players are, Lakers just need players. Yes. And it, and it, it is dependent on Joe Harris's ankle. I mean, if, it, if it's still bad, then no. But Joe Harris is an NBA player that can play NBA playoff games for you and be the second guy. And he plays great with Kyrie. He plays amazing. And the well. Lakers need shooting. That's yeah, right. yeah. But the thing is, if the Lakers hold two first-round draft picks, if they hold that, then they have the opportunity to say, well, if there is the chance – that Brooklyn just refuses to budge and just will not trade Kyrie for one first rounder. Then, then the other deal is on the table. Uh, and and, and we don't have to buy Russell. We don't have to buy Russ out. We can just have him stay away. We can continue to bring other young guys and just you know we're hanging on for dear life, praying for health from LeBron and AD, but be good enough to be to be in the play in yeah. range. Uh, and then you and then you can always pull the trigger on Heald Turner. That's a couple of upgrades of positions of need, needed depth. I think that, I, I guess. But it, I'm not blown away by those players no, either. I mean, I, I would. And that's also committing long-term money. I, I would. And healed. I think that the best player in that Indiana trade that you're getting back is Miles Turner. Yes. And I would say that he's equivalent to Joe Harris when he, at the positional. They're equivalent. Right. So you're literally saying it's just better. It's a bet on Kyrie. Right, I mean, I, there's there's little like Kyrie's top level is so high. It just makes sense to wait for Kyrie before doing anything else. Yeah, but I to me it's just like Kyrie's level is so high, and it really is the only dice roll you have. There's no like the Lakers are two role players away, right? And so that that to me is like I get it. And I guess I guess the other argument that I can try to see the Lakers' point of view is we never know. We never know what's going to happen this season, and those two draft picks might be there might be a guy that's out there that we really love that we're just not seeing right now. Yeah. So I think that that is. But to me personally, I would want Kyrie to be in the the beginning of the season, depending on Joe Harris's health. And maybe, you know, like, maybe you, you finagle Brooklyn to give you Seth Curry instead of Joe Harris. You know, like, and the Packers just really do that in on July 6th. It's just, yeah, 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 might be right. I mean, I think the reason would be to get everyone into training camp so they can play together. Training camp is... Oh, no, 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 okay, I think it's like, you're not getting fucking home, you think you are, for Kevin Lee, I think, yeah, I think... No, I don't, but I don't think Brooklyn views it that way. I think they're petulant. I don't, I don't think that they're... I think there are people in that front office of my ownership that want to see Kyrie play completely for us, Kyrie. 
And they don't give a shit. No, I get it. No, I get it. I get it. And here's the thing. So this is Dawn, right? Let's not mince words here. I think Kyrie Irving is a kind of dumb guy in a lot of ways. I've never said he's any less than a fantastic basketball player, right? And I've, I've, I've always loved this game. He's just a fucking goofball to me, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's a dumbass in some very key ways. Some that are kind of charming when he's not on your team, but he just doesn't watch the car crash. Um, but when it comes to the idea of, like, you know, Lakers made these moves, they became a LeBron James team, you want to be where LeBron James retires, or at the very least, you want to, you know, know that Anthony Davis is going to resign again and be the guy transition to the next era, et cetera. Everything already paid off once, right? I say all the time, Andrew's fought forever. Oh, you're going to have to be really good and healthy. Guess what? Fucking Wilkes played, everyone got six months of rest. They came back and crushed everybody, right? And the thing is, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Chris Benzie, which is the first round, he's not still going to change. Well, I mean, we've already seen it. So, yeah. so as, as I think it's like, right? The reason you don't give them two picks is because there's every chance that you're going to get Kyrie on this team in the next 365 days, right? Uh, for less than that. And... You're right. You don't need a, a Miles Turner and a Buddy Heald to make you a champion. You need another big piece and luck and health, right? Mm-hmm. But that luck and health, you can finagle around that a little bit if you have that extra second, that extra first round pick, and you wind up getting Joe Harris in the deal back, or you, or or, or Seth Curry, or yeah. any other player, or Eric Gordon for a pick. Right, yeah. that's a good. That's another good mid-season that. player who will be available for a good contender. I think. I think. That, so, so yeah. for me, yeah. as much yeah. as I have criticized Kyrie Irving, you both saw when when you walked into my house today that I'm wearing my full Joker outfit. Uh, I have a full beard, so I'm doing Caesar Romero with the makeup over my beard right now, uh, and I'm fucking ready, man. Let's watch the world burn. I love it. Let's do it. I mean, so I, I, I cannot wait for the Kyrie era. Yeah. I, I welcome him with open arms to the weirdest goddamn team in the league, which is also the one of the most popular brands on the planet. And uh, and let's just fucking see what happens, man. I think that this is, uh, yeah. I mean, the other thing I would say is, we talked about Durant. I mean, I just believe in LeBron. I believe in LeBron with Kyrie. I don't believe in Kyrie in any other situation. Yeah. But I just think LeBron can do it. I, I mean, I, I think yes. that's... I, I think it's You'd not, be stupid to think he could yeah, and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think it's like... I, I And I don't even think that the Lakers... They definitely need role players. But I think that it is sort of... And you might be right. That's a good thing that I didn't even think about, is splitting those draft picks up and getting Kyrie in one deal and getting some other role player yeah. in another deal. I think that that's optimal. I think it's like yeah. star plus role player that you can play in your top six. But you rotation. don't flush the picks the first week of July because of the first thing available to get a especially player in that's this market. Be traded. Yeah, for sure, and especially in this market that we just talked about, where those picks are not as valuable right now as they might be. And, and they only have the two tradable first yeah, rounds yeah. right now. They'll have another one after this next season. But yeah, yeah. So, so I can't wait. Uh, you know, honestly. I'm a little bit hurt because I've always loved, I've always enjoyed Russell Westbrook. I've always been a Westbrook guy, been a defender from the early years. Uh, again, player that's very easy to appreciate from afar. And unfortunately, like the this, you never know how close Allen Iverson is to falling off until he plays two good weeks in Denver and then becomes Denver Allen Iverson. And yeah. and like Russell Westbrook, good basketball, good at basketball by every measurable metric. Yeah. But at the contract price that he's worth and that's a whole other conversation like this this whole thing was supposed to make it so that teams could hold on to their superstars longer that's not been the case they just they signed the mega deal then demand a trade whatever that's a whole other problem that the league still has not does not know how to fix uh but for what he's worth and for his relative inability to try to transition into a role player role at this stage some guys figure it out and get to have a final uh, chapter R.I.P. Carmel Anthony still who doesn't still does not have a team right now, uh, but you know some some guys some guys hang on and and resign uh, you know chasing a ring and get it you know you know ne- you never know Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is going to be in the league in a couple of years 
It's not going to be for fifty million dollars, and unfortunately, it had to be on my favorite team that we that, that we watched the the fall finally happen fully. You know, yeah. So it sucks. I feel bad about it. I feel bad that he has hated his time. That the fans don't like all that stuff. Uh, it just sucks. It's just a bad position to be in. The Lakers took a shot. Would they have been better off with Buddy Heald last year? I don't think considerably much more because the reason they lost isn't the, the reason they lost isn't Russell Westbrook. It's that every other player on the team was forty years old and hurt. And at the very least, they just signed a bunch of young, they took flyers on young guys who will be available. Hmm. And their plan is just going to be like, look, we got one of LeBron James and Anthony Davis with a bunch of energetic, hopefully useful young guys. We can hang on to be in the picture enough that when we spend one pick and not any more than that on a Kyrie Irving and get someone to take away to take away uh, Russell Westbrook for the price of. Tail important Tucker, a first rounder, you know, the Rockets give us Eric Gordon or whatever, yeah. right? Like that, that seems to be the, I'm not talking myself into it as a place of hope. I genuinely can't see any other way that Kyrie Irving is, is on a team. That's not the Nets. And I'm sorry. It sucks, Russ. Someone's going to buy you out or your contract's going to expire, I mean, I and then you're going to find out what you're actually worth, not just to a good team, but to any team in the league next summer. I'm going to admit that I've never been a fan of Russell Westbrook's game, but I will say that, like, you know, he didn't really change the way he played in Houston. He didn't really change the way he played in Washington. He didn't really play change. It, it, Washington it, make the playoffs. I mean, I mean, well, they would not have made the playoffs that year if not for him. Okay. Congratulations. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, for sure. And he probably will go back to, I mean, honestly, I think he'll buy out and go back to Washington. I, I think it's the that, last place I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that they are so bad. That's a team we didn't even mention. That is very bad. Uh, but, but like, but yeah, I mean, they could actually use him and they would actually, that would actually help that franchise. So it's, it's kind of a perfect fit and they would start him. Um, I don't know if they can now that there's going to be a, no, but when he gets bought out, he's right. not going to get paid shit. No, that's right. He's to that's his agent. Eight, Here's the thing. Russell Westbrook doesn't listen. His agent is totally right. Yes. For Russell Westbrook, the person, the best thing to do, because the season can't – I really do believe it could not go any worse than it did last year for no, the Lakers. No, it can't. So if he played the whole season with the Lakers, his value is going to be high. Come off the bench and score 23 a game. Yeah, yeah. And just score. Yeah. Like, if he gets bought out like this, he is going to be Carmelo Anthony. And that yeah. – and his agent's totally right. He was giving the right advice, mm-hmm. but it just shows you it's like almost Shakespearean, the fatal flaw with Russell Burt, Russ right. book. He, he right. just has this sort of, he can't hear it. So, yeah. Well, look, nobody's talking about, uh, you know, the the tragedy of Banquo, right? Like, <laughs> like it, the, the, the characters are Shakespearean because they are the biggest players. And yeah. Russell Westbrook had that level of talent, that level of ability, you know, was worth every bit, every penny that he signed for in Oklahoma City. And it's just a shame that Oklahoma City that, that it didn't work out long term, and that he did want out. Because if he would have been willing to do the Damian Lillard thing and just say "fuck it, I'll just stay here forever," we can just be a bad team, and you're not going to pay luxury tax on my insane contract because we're so bad otherwise, and we have all these young guys. But I'm going to be a consummate pro. You know, I'm going to be. You're going to retire my jersey before Durant's. You know. That would have been the ideal. Yeah, Only a handful of players are so good where that's even a potential option outside of just wanting to win. 
And uh, and yeah, it's 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 Shakespearean in its scope because that is the the size of a character and a size of a talent that we're talking about. So you know you, you can't take a long fall unless you. I mean, he's hard. a top fifty player, but, but pretty easily. And yeah, I mean, again, I I've never as a fan loved his game, but like it, there's no denying that he was a very very high level player for a very very long time. With that, I think we're wrapping up everything that happened up until July first. Yeah, we're gonna take a break. And we're going to be back and we're going to talk more about everything that happened after July 1st. So this might be two episodes.